I think I feel like Spurrier is a banquet beer guy. Like I think he's like a let's rent the pontoon boat and go cruise the river and do, drink uh, either Michelobes or or just banquet beers. I yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I'm and into that as well. Spending as much time as he does on the golf course, like that's kind of what he probably gravitates to, that's just true. so he can like get through a round. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Round Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends about college football, finally, and lifestyle. Uh, you can find us at www.thewheelroute.com. We are at the Wheel Route on Twitter. We have email for contact purposes, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. And you can download the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, any of the streamers. You should be able to find us on there. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm coming to you guys. From Stewart, Florida, where we had a, a lovely Indian summer weekend. Very still. Got some time on the water. Got up hellaciously early to do so. Um, paying for it a little bit now, but hey, we're out here. Watched some football yesterday. Lovely time. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I'm in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I'm on Twitter.com. Uh, yeah, eventful weekend here as well. Got to mix in some football viewing, uh, but a lot of activities going on. Uh, and excited to to bring everybody <coughs> news and updates on them because they're obviously top of top of mind in our. That's what, what the fans come for, right? For sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jason Kreck. I uh, am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I tweet things at Jason Kreck, and I would love to bring you a Harrisonburg weather update, but I only recently arrived back in town. Uh, I can tell you that the weather in southwest Virginia this weekend was uh, pretty perfect for a lake trip. A little bit of rain, a little bit of beautifulness. It was great. Not to brag. That was a brag. That one was a brag. Definitely. We'll allow it. (laughs) Um, Very cool. You guys uh, working on some frosty bevies right now? I am, Logan. Thank you for asking. Aren't we um, always? Aren't we always? I've got a Southern Tier New Juice IPA that is Lovely. new is spelled N-U. I don't know the significance of that <laughs> like spelling. The, like the Greek letter? Maybe. Well, it's like oh. the animal new without the G. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's something. I don't know. That is, yes, that is a having, different word. Having that's seen true. the National Treasure movie franchise several times over, I don't want to rule anything out. <laughs> right no, you're right. Also, everything in this city could be a clue. It's, exactly. <laughs> well, is it good? Yeah, I, I'm very much enjoying it. Where is Southern Tier out of? Richmond? Uh. Uh, why, don't, why don't Jason fill you in? I gotta kind of birth this thing out of the foam koozie. Oh yeah, th- those are difficult. I'm sorry. Well, it's, not, it's, not <laughs> it's fine. Thing, it's fine. I mean, we can just it's look it up. That's know. probably what we could do what, here as well. Yeah. What you got, Jason? Lakewood, uh, I am New drinking... York, USA. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Lakewood, Jesus. New York, classic Southern town. Right. I love that. It's called that. It well, there are tiers to the south, so. The, the southern tier of New York. <laughs> Some would say the Mason Dixon line starts somewhere up there near Lake somewhere up there New York. That's just... Lakewood, New York. 
Yeah. Are you done, Jordan? Can I go? Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll shut up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all that to say, I'm drinking one of the last of my Devil's Backbone Gold Leaf Lagers, as I did oh. not manage to abscond from the lake with any new beverages. Oh, that's just funny. Yeah, that or you drank them all, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, that's to, we had to go. We had to go out for more. Let's go. Let's go with that. That's totally what happened. Yes. <laughs> um, Not that I we have, all got tired and didn't drink it. Oh, well, I mean, listen, <laughs> no shame in that game either, brother. <laughs> uh, we went fishing yesterday and only brought three beers on the boat and they were done by like 847 a.m. And we were all kind of <laughs> standing around like, well, damn, only three beers, huh? <laughs> that was it. Three dudes, three beers. That was optimistic. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, we um, I have here in this cup uh, a little bit of uh, I'm back to the back on the Topo Chico, uh, the bubbly tequila drink, splash of OJ, not bad, a little lime. Hmm. You, you gonna name that, I mean, or like, have you looked at like looked online to see if that's already been named? That's a good idea. I'll probably do that. They so probably call it like uh, the Austin. It's it's the Austin Sunrise or something stupid hmm. like that. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll get there, um, maybe. Otherwise, it's gonna be called the Wheel Route. But okay. I think that might be the one that you do with your vodka and your um, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. your, your cold medicine and your orange <laughs> juice that you all mix together. <laughs> Just kidding. I know you don't do that. I shouldn't. I shouldn't put that out there. Allegedly. <laughs> so that's a purely Michael Felder. Creation. Right. The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> uh, no, I, I wasn't feeling like drinking beer tonight. I had. I had. As discussed, I had a, one, a single beer yesterday at 8.47 a.m., a little tapped out on So you're good week. for the weekend. <laughs> so, uh, okay, cool, cool. How, um, Jordan, get us started. So you, you really teased us last time we recorded. Big weekend, working on vehicles and playing some golf, I think. Let's, yeah. uh, let's hear it. How'd it go? Full weekend. How- uh, yes. Not, not a bad weekend. Uh, it started Friday. So the the employer for whom or for which i work uh has extended kind of like the early release fridays we were doing throughout the summer get out at 3 p.m very very clutch like those extra two hours on a friday afternoon are so huge um yeah so friday after i got off i went over to my parents house uh did a couple of the jobs on my dad's car New PCV valve, new fuel filter, new knock sensor. Got that banged out. Um, Sunday, which is today, came back after church to do spark plugs. Uh, Dad and I banged three of the four of those out in super quick fashion. And then we got to the fourth one and uh, ran into (coughs) a little bit of an obstacle. So uh, (laughs) as I've been known to do... um, so like one of the well this fourth plug has apparently like a piece of metal from the wire boot that broke off and i think we think it's stuck on the end of the plug so we can't get the socket all the way down to Mm. the actual piece of the plug to rotate it um so We've we've ordered a I believe the item description was super deep socket uh, to hopefully <laughs> remedy this situation. Uh, okay. Amazon should have that bad boy in town by Tuesday. We're gonna yes. fix that. Uh, we're also gonna replace the wires and boots for good measure. And I've been lobbying 
for him to also do the valve cover gaskets because the plugs were a bit oily when we pulled them out. Um, he's he's putting the the brakes on that a little bit, so we'll see. That's um, what we did there. But yeah, all all in all, really, you know, rewarding to. I mean, ninety five percent of it went great, and the other five yeah. percent, you you know, you just deal with as it shows up. Um, so that was good. Uh, Saturday played in in the pack saddle golf club course whatever you want to call it uh public fun extravaganda yeah it's scramble season baby Um, we do this um we are out here yeah so had had (coughs) had a good foursome of dudes uh on on the course uh we came in with a 12 under 60 uh, mm. I believe we tied for second. Like we, we uh, rolled into the clubhouse with 60, turned that in and saw 57 had already been posted by the group behind us who was playing hella fast. <laughs> and also, I don't think they were 57 strokes good. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, you know, making accusations or anything. I'm just saying for sure. what I saw from pretty close up right behind us uh, <laughs> as they approach every green I have raining down doubts. on me yeah, yeah i have some doubts i have some questions i'd like answered uh but no it's great time great weather uh we carted an albatross boys oh yeah yeah so uh a little bit of an asterisk to it but um logan i don't know if you've ever played pack saddle uh jason i have played pack saddle but i don't have a photographic memory of it Jason knows this hole well, not for the right reasons, but uh, there's a par five that doglegs to the left, goes down the hill, and has kind of a tiered set of fairways at the end, right before a water feature guarding the green. Um, Jason and I have both lost several drives that have looked perfect off the tee, like we're cutting the corner, and they just disappear somewhere in the left rough. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're, on, we're on 16. Yep. Um, so uh, one of the guys in our group who apparently played college golf, uh, I don't know officially where, but he he, he was a bomber. The, the uh, crucial ringer acquisition is yeah, always. He, you got to have a big bopper. That's yep. right. He sent to drive. Again, perfect line. A little further than Jason and I have. Cleared that rough. <laughs> and uh, got like right to the end of the next to last tier of fairway. Oh, so we're nice. hitting pitching wedge or sand wedge into the green of a par five oh. for a second shot. Like a, uh, like a half wedge. That's not even a full. Big, uh, it, was big like, price, it was like 100 big yards. Energy okay. there, boys. Yeah. Uh, so we Perfect. all hit that shot. Um and none of those shots were great, but here's where the asterisk comes in. Uh, each team got one throw per hole. Yes. So you were allowed to toss the ball uh, for oh. an improvement of your lie, but it didn't count as a stroke. Yes, you just sure. couldn't pick it up off the green and try and toss it in the hole. But we had like three balls on the fringe or on the rough, oh. like right off the fringe. So we were like, well, let's just throw it from here. And one of our guys just drained it from <laughs> from like twenty Beer feet pong, off. Beer pong champ. Yeah, oh. it it seriously was. It was the guy who allegedly was by far the most frequent beer pong player in the group <laughs> in his college days. Um, allegedly, can't confirm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, 
I I had a near hole in one, uh, allegedly oh. again because it was one of the like up the hill holes in ones that you're kind of hitting, yeah. and you hear land but you don't see what happens after it land. Uh, but you could see like where it stuck, and I hit the downslope, used the downslope, ran it to like four feet. Wow! And if you just line those things up, it it burned the edge. I promise you. So yeah, yeah. And nobody can prove you wrong, man. Right. Three, uh, three, three putted for bogey from four feet, though. <laughs> no, sure. we did. We did hit that one. I think <laughs> okay, on the second good. or third player, we finally knocked <laughs> it down. The pressure was on. <laughs> right. But yeah, good time all around. Uh, awesome. Would do it again. So. You know, uh, we'll give, do give it this again. weekend four four and a half stars out of five. That spark That's right. plug is is really the only detractor we're looking at. Sure. Wow, yeah, a little tease. Not to, you know the who's the who's had a good weekend. So yeah, well we'll um, get to that. Yeah, we will. Jason, you were uh, doing some manly fun activities. I saw yeah. I saw one friend of the podcast get drilled with a golf ball. That was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, fun, fun week at the lake. Yeah, um, back the, together. Uh, the, the college the college bros all got together down at uh, down at Clater Lake down in uh, beautiful Southwest Virginia. Uh, <laughs> to my knowledge, it's the only thing south of Roanoke worth visiting. I don't know. Do you guys have any? There's Can't think nothing, of anything. Nothing you guys Virginia. can think of, right? Not in Florida. Virginia, no. Once you right. get in North Carolina, maybe. Oh sure. Get, like but, if you have family down there or something. I mean, I don't. I can't think of anywhere I'd want to visit except for Clater Lake down there. So. No. Um. Well, but, do South bar- Barbecue, maybe. Do South Barbecue, you're right. That's a good point. I can't not add. Southern Tier, not Southern Tier Brewery, though. That's not, <laughs> no. not Southwest Virginia. No, 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 not so much. But, uh, yeah, good friend of the podcast, uh, Jim Stevens. Family is is nice right. enough to to let us uh, crash their house every, like, 18 months. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, we had uh, – got down there Thursday – it had like a beautiful light fall rain like all day on Friday, and then it was like perfect all day on Saturday. So it was everything you want from like a oh, yeah. a wooded lake trip. Um, Nap oh. rains at the lake. Woo. Oh, it's the best. And it, the the house has a big screened in porch, so we're all just sitting there. It's wonderful. Uh, the screened in porch super super underrated. The vacation screened in porch especially. Yeah, yes. absolutely, just delightful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other friend of the podcast, Joe Barnes, started the weekend off right. Uh, we always, we always, there's always a bunch of golf balls, and we always just hit balls into the lake and whatnot. Um, but he, <laughs> the only club that we had on Thursday, this was actually before I even got there. Thank goodness Jeremy Shepard had a had was filming. Um, but the only club they found was a, a long drive driver. It was uh, the who just had that on hand. So we found out later it was like a like a Southwest funny region. funny gift from a family friend. Um, because I mean they're a golf family; they play a lot of golf. But um, Most so houses play a lot of golf. I yeah, found. there's a there's a overlap <laughs> in the Venn diagram there for sure. Um, but it was uh the the shaft was like 55 inches, like it was the longest driver shaft I've ever seen, and the the driver was bent down to five degrees. So it was just uh, Bryson. That's essentially, a Bryson face yeah. Right there. It was essentially a putter, and uh, but it was massive. It's crank. And uh, so Joe Barnes tees it up, and he instead of going down to like the flat area next to the lake, Joe teed it up on a downslope. So already he's more than negated his five degrees of loft that this driver gives you. Right. Um, he doesn't put it on a big tee. He puts it on the little tiny turf like driving range tee that's been ground down by years of use. 
<laughs> and it's also like he's in sandals and probably hasn't won a golf club in a while because he has a, a new a new young Barnes boy to to keep track of. Congrats to him. Um, probably like eleven light beers in. Yeah, and uh, so he. Uncorks a swing and somehow hits like this four inch wide tree square and it flies. The tree, I mean, I saw the video, I laughed uproariously, but the tree was right in front of it. Was it's not that far in front of him, yeah. It was like like 15 feet ahead of him, probably. Yeah, but I, so it was curious, yeah. I mean, it was like not out of the realm of possibility that I don't, drill he was. I don't even, I don't know if he was like because there's a big open area to the left, so I don't know if he was yeah. like aiming left and just blocked the hell out of it i have no idea but well sometimes you get in that lie and you're just like there's no way i hit the damn tree that's 15 uh, right. feet in front of me yeah of I, all I, the I, chances what are the odds i did that like three weeks ago i don't they know why last alert. they're pretty high they're pretty good so uh he takes advantage of those odds and and in the video <laughs> which is shot in super slow motion you you see him hit and then perfectly shot you see the golf ball come flying back past through the frame before anybody can react, because it's hauling, and then it somehow, as everybody turns to look at the ball flying past them, hits the, the house behind Joe, mm. bounces back forward, and drills him right in the small of the back, like center of mass. Um, and it's like the odds of those three things happening are so long that, oh man, it was. I encourage everybody to to search on Instagram and find it. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad it was well. This might come off as a little harsh, but I'm glad it was Joe that got hit and not some innocent bystander. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I think he was. Anybody had to get hit, but yeah. if someone was going to get hit, it <laughs> yeah, should right, be the right. guy swinging Correct. the five degree loft on a down yeah. slope. <laughs> he, uh, like, the, the last few frames of the, of the video are just him in super slow motion, like, throwing himself, like, as if he got shot in the back. Like, it's just like a movie style, like, uh, arching. Um, and he, he said later, he was like, I literally, I, as soon as he hit the tree, I was like, I just took out a window. Like, I, an hour into the lake house stay, and I'm going to have to replace <laughs> a giant window in this lake house. You know, but it hit, like, some brick siding and, and destroyed him. It was fantastic. I'd be lying if I, uh, you know, would say that I haven't had have had a boys weekend at the lake house get a little bit out of hand. Get a little bit sideways, you know. A <laughs> had a nickel, you know. But it was, it was a great weekend. Got a little time on the boat. Good. Uh, smoked some meats. Good times all around. Do you uh, bring your own smoker? Joe had uh, put a U-Haul travel-sized electric smoker that he brought up. <laughs> he didn't put it in a, in a giant U-Haul. I will not be taking questions on any U-Haul-related <laughs> topics for the next two decades. It's a, one day when when we're old, you need to show up to some group event in just a U-Haul, just to, like just to awaken the echoes. They'll like, still be like twenty dollars a day to rent. Like, yeah, that's just two thousand and sixty. Plus, dad's. <laughs> Dad's still got the blazer, so I can just run by and pick that thing up. The whole thing will cost me like 60 bucks, so it'll be great. <laughs> the blazer. <laughs> oh, man, good times. Um, all right, well, yeah, so, I mean, I, I had a pretty good weekend here, too. As discussed, uh, had hit the, uh, the, the Michael Shields Memorial Fishing Tournament. It's become an annual tradition. Shout out to my man Rodney for uh, and all jetting technologies for sponsoring the team every year and getting mm-hmm. us out of the boat. But um, we... Uh, we had fun. We, you know, it was a little touch and go. I, we have never fished with a guide before during this tournament. Well, a proper guide provided by the tournament, I should say. Uh, Captain, I've never friend, paid a guide during I've the tournament. I've never paid a guide. I usually just pay Captain Chris in compliments and thanks. And, uh, you know, pay money. money. Yeah, a little, little gas rub. But, um, yeah, so we 
the guides can be from all over. I mean, there's, you know, however many teams in the tournament, 60 teams or something. And I don't know how many have guides, but Seward, Florida is not exactly like a metro, you know, metropolis of a place. There's, there are a lot of fishing guides, but there's not like probably eight, you know, 85 that are all doing a memorial tournament on a Saturday. So um, we had to ride up about 45 minutes north to meet the guide at the boat ramp in Fort Pierce at 5 a.m. at the boat ramp. Uh, so the 340 alarm came pretty early on Saturday morning for your boy, but uh, we made it up there. I have never fished up there. It was a lovely fishery. Uh, we caught, we did catch big snook. That was actually it for our scoring fish on the day. Uh, but it was fun. Always a good time to get out there. Uh, Jordan, you would got to kick out of the guy's boat. It was cool. It was a little 18 foot ranger like mm-hmm. micro flat boat. It was tight. So um, definitely, definitely a good time. Shout out to Captain Robert uh, for cruising us around but um yeah so the rest of the day was a little foggy after that watched uh got a little too invested in how bad florida's defense played throughout the noon o'clock hours um watched a lot of that did, did you make up. any message board posts slogan or did you refrain i did, I did not no i tweeted I'm, I'm back i'm back on my bs <laughs> tweeting you know occasionally who's <laughs> so, among us i gotta you know i gotta try to you know mix up the content on there it's pretty dark on twitter these days so uh, just trying to eject some life, get get these Florida State jokes off too while I can. Yes. Um, so doing plenty of that, but yeah, it was good. We had some friends over last night, little little get together. Guys, there. Have you played the board game? It's called Smartass. You guys played that? No. I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know why or where. You would love it. I mean, it's like it's a like competitive speed like roundtable trivia. Um, One board. It, it's very fun. It was a good time. Your, your man's dominated. Not gonna lie, absolutely dominated. <laughs> but, uh, anyhow, it was yeah. We, we played a little of that. Had some drinks and some nice food. So good times all around. Took a nap today. So we're out here. Uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, happy to hear all of that. Let's get some news and notes real quick. I guess the Pac-12 is back. They got announced ish. Perhaps. Yeah. They, I think they were making it seem like it was announced on Saturday. So I guess. It, I think kind of everyone's back eventually. Okay. Yeah. So I guess back to us going to play like seven games, kind of like they talked about. I don't really think it's worth discussing until they get really get going. But Right. Uh, we'll preview them sometime in November. It's just going to be really weird how they're going to handle, and I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse and like get too crazy talking playoff stuff, but like what are we going to do at the end of the year where like the Big Ten has played an eight-game season, the Pac-12 has played a seven-game season. You could have like – a really good looking Ohio state or Oregon team that has played like, you know, 60% of the number of games, you know, I mean, we have, we already split hairs on like who's better than who, when everyone plays an 11 game season and a championship game or a 12 game season and a championship game. I can't imagine how it's going to be like middle of December. Once everyone's season finally putters to an end and we like have to <laughs> what vote on I, it. I about. say I give them a holiday break and just do the playoff in the spring. <laughs> concurrent with march madness maybe this is the year to just go ahead and uh, put eight teams in the playoff that'd be nice Hmm, there's a thought no i mean i think i think people are underestimating like there was essentially a lot of celebration on twitter like over the weekend like a hundred what is like 127 of 130 fps teams are playing like everybody's back We're, we're all set it's like man we're not done yet like first of all yeah best case scenario figuring out the postseason is going to be a insane and absurd problem just a mess that and that's that's like mostly like 99 percent harmless problems we could have but like 
you know, there's there's the virus is still out there. The numbers are kind of going up now. Teams seem to have done a very good job keeping them to themselves, but sure. um, you know, it's it's oh, still yeah. there. To say nothing like Georgia Georgia State and Charlotte canceled their game on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then it came and out FAU, today that FAU. the lab messed up the tests and they were not actually positive tests, so they like right. canceled for nothing. So <coughs> like we still haven't figured out like yeah. you know it, wasn't if, wasn't there if, a game that got the start got delayed because the team had to retest Syracuse players? Syracuse delayed their kickoff because they had to retest three players because they had questionable test results. Like it's yeah, the, things are going to get messy, and we're going to find every way they can get messy. And like yeah. then you get into you know if LSU and Alabama are playing, and LSU gets a rash of tests turn up positive on Friday, is that going to come out? Is that going to be a thing? Like. Yeah. If they get postponed, and God forbid it gets postponed, and then it turns out they were false negatives or false positives, like I, I am as excited I as anybody that, that the majority of people are playing seem to be playing football this fall. Um, but it's going to be a week that the 2020 season is listed as week to week on the injury yeah. report. Oh no, 100. percent And yeah, I, I wasn't trying to make it seem like we we are no, thing, but I'm just aside from all virus related issues, which at this point are just like. I mean, I'm. We talked about it. Not. I'm not surprised to hear anything. You know, yeah. Virginia Tech played a game without twenty something players. You got. You only have what eighty five scholarships. Yeah. I mean, good lord. That's that's. Was, I'm surprised they played. I mean, I it was guess. about a, it was about a fifth of their team, and I would be very interested to see. Like they never. I don't know if we were going to talk about this later. I haven't checked the agenda, but like they. Uh, they just said various reasons. They never disclosed why. They never disclosed. What was going on? I mean, it could have been the usual game ones, like combination of suspensions, very possible uh, drug tests, violations like, of the rules. Their quarterback was genuinely hurt, like that was one of them, and like stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. No, it's I'm, but it's it's all going to be a mess. And they, well, what I mean, NC State guys, what, what's going on? I think Dave Doran moves up on the list of, uh, of his his maybe. keister's getting a little sweaty. <laughs> Because he's, I mean, again, terrible. he's not gonna. Uh, what's oh, what's his face? Godfrey said in his like uh, weekly Saturday morning Instagram story, yeah. he said, "Don't expect anyone to get fired this off season because the budgetary pinches yeah. are are that serious or will be." So, sure. I mean, we uh, say that now, but we'll see. Yeah, usually schools pay for buyouts with new donations, anyways. So. Fair. Yeah, I just wonder. If, I wonder if NC State's going to have the kind of cachet. Um, yeah, like that, if a Bo, if some random Bojangles franchisee in the Raleigh Durham area no. is just sick of it, yep. they might find the money. <laughs> Who's to say? Sick of it, absolutely. The, uh, the 2021 football coach brought to you by Cookout. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yes, it would. I want it's gonna be it. I was going to can't call it a Denny's menu anymore when you're in the booth. But. <laughs> who's, your, who's your? I mean, it's either Mark Bangino or, or Ralph Friedgen, right? There's there's very few other choices if Cookout is. NC there. State be would Lane be Kiffin so lucky right if they got what? the if they got Mangino. Oh, they they would count their blessings. Mark Mangino, where's yeah. what's he up to these days? I don't know. See, I hope he's still with us, and I don't think Ralph Friedgen's still with us. Actually, I think he passed away. Let's not make jokes. Hold on, right. he's still alive. Uh, Who, Mangino, Mangino or Frigian? Mangino last coached in 2015. He was the OC yeah. for Iowa State. Wow. He's living his best life now. Yeah, far away he's from still, any of he us. He still doesn't get enough credit for what he did. Man. That picture of him standing next to the Orange Bowl logo when it's they were in the field. Orange. 
Uh, uh, yeah, the little orange guy, and they were playing in the orange surreal. Again. Also, Ralph Regan is not dead. I just want to point that out. Oh, he's not? Good. I thought I thought I uh, I thought I, I had heard that, but um, fake no. Shout out Ralph. Hope things are going well for him as well. He last coached in 2015. He was a special assistant at <coughs> Rutgers State University of New Jersey. I think hearing that Ralph Regan's alive now, I can wish ill on him and not feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back to him. <laughs> that guy was a real piece of work. No, that I mean, <laughs> All right, let's get to some games. We'll take them in whatever order we have them listed here. Um, we had a couple surprises, maybe some not surprises. Interest. I thought it was a fun. It was a fun day of games throughout the day. Sure. Well, the night games weren't the best, but um, there was good intensity early in the night games before things got out of hand. There were good but, intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, we can start in Oxford, Florida. Was at Ole Miss. Um, I watched this as it happened and then i actually watched it again today um florida's offense looks really good like i have not seen a florida offense click with that level of clickiness since it's been a long time i mean those they looked they looked really like they could do anything they wanted and i think also Ole Miss's defense is pretty bad but hey you know dj durkin got himself a job in oxford <laughs> so Somehow. a really likable coaching staff they're putting together there in oxford but uh yeah, the I guess the the main my main takeaway from the game was like Ole Miss is gonna ruin someone's season for sure this year. They're just gonna like amass like seven hundred yards against Alabama or something, and it's just gonna be a complete train wreck for an Alabama team that maybe comes in coasting a bit. I mean, they I read last year I think they put up like six hundred and seventeen yards and scored like forty points on LSU last year. So I, felt, I was I was made to feel a little bit better um, by the. The poor tackling display by the Florida defense, but um, yeah, Ole Miss was fun. Uh, Matt Corral played quarterback. And then they kind of had the they sort of did like Florida did. They did a little change of pace, like running quarterback feature for like a drive or two, just to kind of mess things up. But uh, Corral looked really good. They got good receivers. Um, I mean, what Florida was able to get some stops, and I think this is Florida was up by like twenty plus and then they scored at the end and then they actually got the onside kick i think and then then things got a little things got a little squeaky there it was a little closer towards the end but uh yeah i was impressed all around trask looked really sharp like super duper sharp he was he was locked in and kyle pitts looks if you want to play the drinking game drink every time the announcer says kyle pitts is a matchup nightmare or uses the term like he's a tough matchup you will be hammered by the end of the first quarter. By 8.47 a.m. Yeah, I've never seen something more true. He looks – he's an absolute freak show in that they, like, line him up out wide and some, like, poor, like, middle linebacker has to, like, wander over there and just you can tell it's not going to go well. Or they put, like, a 5'10", like, nickel back on him and then he just is allowed to mossify dude. So, I mean, it's it's a good problem to have for Florida. Have to find ways to get him. He had four touchdowns in the game. How did how did Ole Miss gain six hundred and thirteen yards and only score thirty five points? Um, they missed a field goal and they they threw they actually threw an interception in the red zone. I think. Only, okay, that makes sense. They only had one turnover, so that, yeah, that was order, and that was right after Emory Jones came in and just. It was clearly like some sort of weird gadget play they ran, and like he just threw a duck. That was like an arm punt that got picked off, and then Ole Miss hit a big play, and then F- uh, Florida's freshman defensive tackle picked off a pass off a off a deflection that was just like a a weird kind of thing. I mean, it was it was a little sloppy getting going, but both offenses looked really sharp. Eventually, Florida's defense looked like 
I don't know, misaligned. They, they seemed like they were having some problems with the, the spread and the tempo. Ole Miss ran a lot of tempo, and they, they seemed to kind of know what they wanted to do on offense, which was impressive. So, um, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched much of this. That's my, that's my breakdown. It's, it was a good first game. Got a lot of good tape. Got a lot of good tape. Yeah, all I all I caught were highlights on Sports Center or whatever the college football daily show is. Yeah. Uh saw yeah, a lot of Kyle Pitts in those highlights. Uh the Ole Miss uniforms, as you said, were absolute fire. They looked uh, great. I'm Although big... I would not classify that as powder blue. I'm just saying. I yeah, I wouldn't not... either. But I my love for them, I think I'm just a big fan overall of kinda just tweaked unique shades of blue being incorporated into college athletics like navy and royal are are all over the place but when Mm -hmm. you start getting just just a hair different like pittsburgh's blue that they're using with the yellow or byu's blue or now old mrs blue like that's fun there's a lot of blues out there still available for you kids so pick pick amongst them you, it doesn't have to be just Navy or Royal. Um, but, yeah, how? so I guess one of the questions, how much do you think, like, uh, Dopey Dan was really trying to, like, bury Lane in game one? Do you think <laughs> there was any just, like, I I well, want to, to finish him from the get-go? I think they kind of needed to. I mean, the game was 14-14, at the end of the well, it might have been fourteen seven, but it was like fourteen fourteen at the sort of midpoint of well, at the end of the first quarter, sort of into the second quarter, and it had been a very entertaining college football game. But I mean, Florida scored two touchdowns right before halftime to go up twenty eight fourteen, give them a little bit of breathing room. And I don't know, I, I, I it seemed like Florida was trying to definitely win, but I mean, I, I kind of think personally they needed to because the defense wasn't giving you a whole lot of confidence. Um, especially in the first half. The third quarter, they played better, and then the fourth quarter, it sort of seemed like they came off the bus again. But I think there was a targeting penalty in the first half, and I know Florida, being Florida, had a few uh, suspensions in the secondary Go before games. this way. So that was um, that was something that they were dealing with. But, hey, you know, depth, depth can't be an issue if you're going to have to, especially in a year like this, whatever that means. You yes. know, you have to play. So <clears throat> you want to be DBU, you got to – run with some receivers and make some tackles in the open space and <laughs> actually figure out what's going on. I think some of that will come with practice. It's got to be tough for defenses, probably not having been able to do a whole lot of live tackling uh, in limited practice time. And, you know, Grantham runs a pretty, like, exotic, aggressive scheme. And, you know, you got young guys out there that are trying to figure it out. And, uh, I mean, I, I get it. I'm not letting them off the hook. They didn't play great. But, I mean, we, I, we saw that from some other – like defenses too, LS looking at you, LSU, um, Florida State. So I mean, there's there's points to be scored out there this year. It would appear. That's good. Do you feel like they opened the playbook way up to get to 51, or was it fairly kind of vanilla stuff? Dan Dan claims they didn't. Um, that's what he said in his press conference. Great coach speak from Dan. They kept, they kept pretty. They didn't know what to expect from Ole Miss's defense, so they they kept the play calling pretty vanilla and basic. Or the game planning, pretty vanilla and basic. Gotcha. But I think Mullen's really good, um, really good play caller. We've been over this, yeah. but the one play where they got Pitts wide open down the field, they probably showed the highlight where he kind of stiff armed the guy and, and pulled away. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really cool play. You saw, I actually, 
<laughs> Jason, you would have loved this. I paused it, walked up to the TV, and just it walked Emily through the whole thing, how it was all going to come together. But, you know, it was uh, – uh, the, the announcers had just said, like, Ole Miss get no pressure on the quarterback, and that was a problem for them. Florida pass blocked really well. Um, so they bring – they delay blitz the safety. The running back steps over, puts the safety on his butt. Just absolute beautiful pass pro out of the running back. And that – that space they vacated that the safety vacated pitch just runs kind of a skinny post, like right into that space runs right past the linebacker. That's trying to run with him. Cause now you've got a DB that's out of the picture. And it was just, I mean, it was easy. He just had to just throw the ball as far as he could. He just ran under it. And I was like, wow, that's like perfect play call. Against play this. design works. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think also it helps that they got a quarterback that knows how to run the whole offense. He's been in the system for three years now. And, you know, continuity across the board on offense. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think like Florida needs to do the whole like we open the whole playbook. I think the whole playbook is open at this point for the most part with uh, with the experience and the continuity on that side of the ball. Same quarterback coach, same play caller, all that. Anyhow, that's that's enough. It was fun. It was a really fun game though. If you <clears throat> want to see some points and some guys running wide naked open, some guys, some points, some dudes. Uh, <laughs> Want to talk Duke and Virginia? Do you did you uh, take this all in? I did. Yep, my my body's ready to to break it down. Jason, how was your viewing experience at the lake? Did you watch any football? I'm just curious. Oh no, we didn't have. There was no cable at the lake. Didn't watch any of it. All right. All right. Well, if you need to jump in, please. All my uh, all my jump ins are going to be me perusing the box score and find calling one bit of data and being like, "How in the world?" and pretending like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. Okay. No, yeah, that's good. Ask us about the games yeah. we watched, and we'll Prep see if we remember that. them. It'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be a little pop trivia quiz. Yeah. Um, yeah. Duke Virginia happened. Uh, there, there were some emotional ebbs and flows for your boy over here. Um, I think I said in our previous episode, like I wasn't feeling too, you know nervous Nelly or emotionally invested or whatever. It was just kind of like, okay, this is happening. But uh, once, once the boys put the pads on, it was like, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm back. I'm back in this thing. Um, I was yeah. surprised real quick. I was surprised how cool you were going into this with like debuting new quarterback who we had never really seen play. Uh, I was like never a significant uh, stretch of, yeah, and I was never been like, oh yeah, that's that's the QB, that's the QB of the future. Whenever he came in and played, it'd be like, oh boy, man, it's gonna, we're gonna see how this goes. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe that was me just being being negative, but I uh, I was I was applauding your efforts there, but I could tell you were getting a little a little clenched. That's the fair. Quarter. Yeah, I was definitely clenched for several stretches of this uh, game, notably right after opening kickoff when UVA received it uh, yard deep in the end zone, took it out and fumbled, lost the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, on their own 15 uh great great bowing of the back by the defense though to hold duke to a field goal initially i think that was huge just for for team spirit and morale uh they did go down 10 nothing uh they're just a lot of back and forth three and outs there in the first quarter i think a lot of that from uva was due to some rust and maybe some some jitters uh for duke i think it was just them being duke and uva's got defense uh duke did go up 10 nothing kind of a busted coverage play over the middle they had success several times in the game 
just like getting a guy wide open behind linebackers over the middle, which was a little concerning. Um, I, if I went back and watched, I'd be interested to see like, what are the safeties doing? Where are they? Cause like UVA likes to send pressure from the safeties from corners. Um, so that may have been involved there, but, uh, after 10, nothing UVA started finding rhythm offensively. They went up, uh, I don't remember what the score was at halftime, 17, 10, maybe. Um, and then, uh, Duke actually came back, retook the lead. And then the fourth quarter was just all, all Virginia, all his, uh, yeah, <clears throat> defense looked pretty good aside from, again, a couple busted coverage stuff. Uh, they picked off, I think, five Duke passes. Um, rough day for Chase Bryce. He was not <laughs> enjoying himself. I think they played two other quarterbacks uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, and at least one of them was also intercepted or got stripped for a fumble. Uh I think the highlights uh, offensively, Armstrong was streaky. Uh, I love the way he runs the ball. I texted you guys that. Um, his throws are are volatile for sure. They, they are exciting. Um, I think it, it helps me appreciate a little bit more the throwing – uh, touch that Bryce Perkins had, even though yeah. like while watching Perkins throw the ball, you didn't necessarily think like, Oh, that's a great arm. That's a great touch. But if you hold him and Brennan Armstrong's throws up to the light right now, you're just like, Oh man, Bryce spin that thing. Um, yeah. the run game looked good. Uh, Alibaba also, ran hard. He looked good. yeah. Tal Papa ran hard. Uh, Shane Simpson, <clears throat> who's a thousand transfer also popped off couple of nice uh, scampers um he's he's like a kind of not as thick maurice jones drew type build where he's just like very short stocky he's a he's not fun to bring down nice low center of gravity which you love to see um yeah and then uh freshman wide receiver lavelle davis uh he's six seven which he looks was, like a he looks like a receiver too. Though. I mean that he's he's lanky, but yeah, and he he made some plays, uh, which was exciting. He he got some confidence right, you know, immediately week one. Uh, I, I thought Armstrong's best throw of the day was by far the second touchdown he had, where he like threaded it into him, and then he he just kind of ran through four guys. And that was the most surprising thing was like his his uh, ability to run through contact. I I think yeah. Duke had given up a bit at that point as well, but uh, he's not he's not a thick dude. It's hard to be a thick dude at six seven. Uh, Jason can can corroborate this for us, but uh, oh, that seems unprovoked. I'm just sitting here. Oh no, I'm saying like guys of no your stature are generally not thick boys. Yeah, right. you're you're more rail thin on on the spectrum. See that is uncalled for. <laughs> yeah, we were in agreement. That, we were having yeah, a good well, discussion. You you started whining, so I had yeah. I had to pull pull it back from the DNR archives. Slendy. Nice slendy boy. Yeah. So so anyhow, I I think it was overall a good result in that 
you pick up a win. Broncos still undefeated in ACC openers, still has Duke's number, has not lost to Duke. Um, But you also have a ton of things that you can just absolutely chew guys out for during film session whenever that happens. Um, Tough to see Joey Blunt go down there at the end. Uh, Looked like a pretty serious knee injury. Uh, so T's and P's up to him. Yeah. And it was kind of like right on that line of should the starters still be there? I think it was like four and a half minutes left. They were up by 18. Uh, so it was the very, very gray area. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Now we get to go yeah. take our medicine against Clemson next week. Should be awesome. I was kind of next week. I thought Miami played Clemson next week. Do they have a week off before Clemson? I think Miami has a bye before Clemson. Okay, gotcha. Um, which side note, that game is, I guess, looking juicier by the by the week. Which yeah. we'll see. Might be some punchiness but, to it. Maybe. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Go ahead. This game definitely has my favorite line score. I was able to keep a little bit tabs on the uh, on the Virginia game and the Virginia Tech game, into, like in in spurts of service that I found in the occasional corner of the cabin, but not much. Um, but the line score backs up what it felt like, which was that. Virginia fans were a little panicky and then everything's fine and then a panicky again and then everything was fine. Um, yep. Which is really what you're looking for. Um, yeah, multiple we'll waves of multiple yeah, emotions. Exactly. Also, sorry, I was laughing in the middle of um, <laughs> middle of you explaining all that, so I might have missed it. Somebody sent me the gif from Succession of the guy saying, you can't make a Tomlet without cracking some Greggs, and I started laughing and I couldn't focus. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, it looked like Virginia did everything they needed to against the Usually, like, decently well-coached Duke team, so good start. Yeah, Jordan, you're probably ahead of me in belief, and I, I'm just and I'm, I'm just saying I'm just saying that in general, but, like, it's nice to see a Virginia team, like, kind of come out of the box and be like, you sort of, I mean, this year kind of knew what to expect. You knew that they were going to be, like, a tough, tough on defense. You knew kind of, in general, what they are going to want to do on offense, how they were going to run, um, try to run the ball and, and stuff, and, like, to actually see them have, like, a cohesive year-to-year uh, like plan and development is, is like mega encouraging for Virginia fans. And I like, yeah. I'll be first to admit that I'm like, you know, sometimes a bit of a Debbie downer on like the Virginia football experience, but like, uh, I don't know. It feels good that you have like uh, some, some positive momentum. And, and then I'm not saying like, we know that we have a quarterback necessarily, but it appears that they have a guy who can competently and confidently run the offense that they can actually, that has some plus skills, especially running the football. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think the whole like optimism, skepticism type emotions, like yeah. people that have been in this mess for for a while, like uh-huh. you and I have, we have a lot of kind of unlearning to do. And sure. like general distrust. I mean, I just, yeah, you we know, got trust weird. issues. It's fine. Right. Um, I mean, but I, yeah. I wasn't. Perkins even like I mean you know going into last year it's like all right he's pretty good and he had a great year last year and I mean that guy was tough as nails and that was one of his best features and and all that but there were times you'd be like oh man like we're it seems like we're kind of <laughs> you know tr- on thin ice with how we're, we're doing things but uh, yeah and I think uh, I think when it's like your team your school yes. doing those things you or not you, everyone, but maybe some some more reasonable folks like ourselves 
can kind of wonder like how much of this is luck and how much of this is actually like just good, good football happening. Um, which I mean, I'll, I'll take the results that we've been getting and, and I will be happy not to think too hard about them, but I'm the type of person that will overthink them. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it remains a constant battle. Uh, we got coach E helping us, you know, break down those mental barriers, those emotional balls. Um, (laughs) what we need to get through the virginia football experience yeah this this yeah. is what it is it is what yeah. it is absolutely but you know i don't talk about last year like virginia sort of had to deal with like all right the weight of expectations like what's that going to do the team like now this year that in my mind that advances to the beginning of the year you actually have yeah. expectations well i don't Continue. yeah and, I, and that I is one thing i don't think they have necessarily this year because yeah. they i think they were picked like 10th in okay. in the conference so they're right back to like okay you're just you're yeah. just participating in this which i think is where they would prefer it to be you know oh, it, I, it gives yeah. them the us against the world uh chip on the shoulder right so gotcha yeah so yeah good win for the who's uh they have clemson next you said yes cool. at right. clemson i believe right, that'll be October a good time 3rd. See how it goes. It'd be a good time to uh, drink some cold beers. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, skip through these next couple games. West Virginia was at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State took care of business there. Uh, Syracuse, I guess, took care of business against Georgia Tech as well. That that game had more points in it than I thought. We we really undersold the value of that game. That could have been, you know, I hope you took the over. Actually, I don't know what it was set at, but, you know. But we hope like you a- took Syracuse to cover like we, t- we kind of implied. Sure. Uh, all right. For the second straight year, we had some action in the Kansas State versus Oklahoma matchup. Um, this has become an annual tradition in which Oklahoma farts away a weird conference, big nude, big nude Saturday game, um, brunch kickoff in Logan, Oklahoma. Logan, name Kansas State's coach. Chris Kleeman. There it is. Yeah. That's yeah. my guy. Not Lance Leopold. That's the <laughs> other guy that I go with. Other legendary, like, uh, you know, Isaac Asimov. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Oklahoma was up twenty-eight-seven, I think, in the first half of this game, oh, and loses the game thirty-eight thirty-five. Uh, I watched it today. Gus Johnson was on the call, having himself a time. A lot of touchdowns. Uh, Kansas State, you know, like they guess got caught kind of flat-footed against Louisiana, who also maybe is just a good team. Although, didn't they lose? think they might have lost so who knows um <clears throat> you know anybody can lose anybody these days it's true really the main point here. but yeah oklahoma like it was weird because oklahoma was doing the thing that they do they were scoring a ton of points they're getting guys wide open and then it just sort of slowed down for them kansas state got uh some turnovers they blocked the punt i believe and got a you know short field turned it in cashed it into into touchdowns and uh yeah made a big field goal at the end picked off rattler Right at the uh, right at the end of the game there to seal it, but um, did he have yeah. three picks? Is that he did? Yeah, yeah. that's was well, this his freshman moment? Let's discuss. But uh, um, I mean, I, there's not much, really a whole lot else to say. I mean, Oklahoma's that team that they I mean they couldn't like line up and stop Kansas State, who was like they don't you know Kansas State does some fun things on offense, but they're not like super gadgety and. You know, they don't run like a ton of tempo, but they run the football. They got a good running back. I believe his name is Deuce. 
it's good mm. to see uh, a nice nice deuce in the backfield you know we've we've been uh we've been nice deuce getting there. free deuce McAllister left us from Ole Miss back in the day but uh yeah I mean I don't know it was it was fun to kind of see how the comeback all came together it didn't really feel like a comeback though while it was happening and maybe that's because I watched the uh the cut up version of the game too but it was kind of like um yeah, score a touchdown, get a stop, score, you know, touchdown, go back and forth a little bit. Oh, yeah, score a touchdown, block a punt, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, we're tied ball game. We were up twenty eight to seven. So, so I was yeah, I was gonna ask, did Oklahoma just keep giving them the ball because so they scored twenty eight unanswered to win it, right? Twenty eight. No, twenty four unanswered to win it. Yes. Um, and. Noted so the, quick strike oh, offense. Yeah, so the last four drives, three plays, 75 yards. So that's a bust. Um, <laughs> and then the next one was eight plays, 38 yards, which is delightful. That might have been after the clock. And then the next one was two plays, 38 yards, one of which was a zero-yard play because the next play was a 38-yard touchdown run. Yeah, look at that. And then a 29-yard drive for a 50-yard field goal, which, by the way, in a year of terrible college kickers, kudos to that guy. You know, I think the I think the year of terrible college kickers thing might have just been the week of terrible college kickers. I've seen a lot of pretty impressive kicking performances since then. That's possible. I can't rule it out. Miami's guy looked really good. Florida's kicker made like a 55-yarder yesterday and like a 49-yarder. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like I, this Kansas State kid banged a couple through. I mean, it's weird. Like, what am I just like watching? I'm not watching kickers and like, you know, clicking <laughs> if they make it or not. But – you don't have the strike think, counter out. And like tick, tick, tick. Right. Yeah. I think uh, Dan Levitard the other day was kind of going on this rant about how college kickers are like so unreliable and stuff. And basically one of his producers like fact checked him on the air. and was like, yeah, Dan, I don't, I don't really know if that's like really true anymore. And he's like, you know, college kickers are just terrible. And he's like, I think the average for college kickers, they're like, He's like, that that sounds like a guy who who was spurned by one like last minute kick because yeah. his bet lost due due to the results yeah. of that. Yeah, Miami fan who has just watched Miami's like atrocious kicking situation for the last like four years. The Bubba Baxa experience was not kind to Miami fans, and I understand. You know, if you don't have a kicker, it sucks. Uh, but just like labeling your situation as everyone's situation isn't, isn't true. Cause there's a lot of really good, like 90 plus percent career guys in college now, which is crazy. Right. So <clears throat> anyhow, uh, let's move on. This one was weird. Mississippi state at LSU. You guys catch this. I only, I caught it via Twitter. I think UVA okay. was still happening during this time. Oh, you weren't, you don't, you don't do any toggling back and forth. You're locked in commercials and everything. On yeah. The locked game. into those ACC network commercials for the color oh gloves God. and the power yeah. spinner and <laughs> Ryan scream. Yeah. Like all the, all the army, army grade night driving sunglasses. <laughs> those are the, the wackiest commercials too. Uh, did I do like see, that. Did you see phony Bennett's that. tweet where he said, uh, he said, if at any point this season UVA gets a pick six while playing on the ACC network, he will buy one of whatever the next gimmicky commercial that runs yeah. during that game is. Which I respect. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's also cool. kind of low risk because none of those things are going to cost you more than like twenty nine ninety nine. That's true. Hmm. Well, smart, we'll see. Smart little yeah, content. Right there. For phony, uh, but yeah, Mississippi State just sauntered in to Death Valley 
a packed Death Valley. There were 20,000 fans on hand, I believe. Jeez. And, um, I mean, this, this, it was weird at first. I, I was like, oh, we are so, this is SEC West football here. It was like seven to three or three to nothing for like a really long time. And then this game just exploded. Mississippi State was scoring. It was going back and forth. Uh, LSU got some points going. And, uh, all said, not at the end of the game, Mississippi State wins a, a sort of points you shoot out. What did the final score end up being? Jason, are you on that? 44-34, Mississippi State won. Yeah, this game was 3 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Then both teams scored 14 in the second quarter. Um, and, yeah, Mississippi State scored seven more in the fourth quarter to, to win by 10 there. So, um, yeah, th- I mean, this is not last year's LSU team. That's, that, that's sort of the main takeaway here. And I think some of us maybe saw this coming. I think some people – I did see some articles last week, side note, of the, like, you know, despite what the media is saying, this LSU team is locked and loaded and ready for the challenge. And it's like, I mean, that could be true. but You can this... be locked and loaded and still lose by 10 points to Mississippi State. Well, I, I don't know if that's true. Okay, maybe you can be locked, not <laughs> necessarily very well loaded. <laughs> you can... I mean, you can be well coached, but I just like Miles Brennan is not uh, Joey Burrow, and they have are devoid of talent at receiver now. Um, Joe Brady's gone. Sorry, I should say devoid of experience at receiver. They're very talented at running back as always. Um, who knows? Offensive line, you know, maybe takes probably takes a step back. Joe Brady's gone. Not telling the offensive coordinator what plays the call. Evidently, that was his job. Not um, babysitting Steve Ensminger. Right. And uh, oh, the they, team, they showed some was the defense so the defense just got gashed and didn't keep them in really keep them in the game you know they got air raided and uh stingley didn't play which certainly hurts them but mm-hmm. costello was putting some balls on some receivers i mean he was throwing dropping yeah. them in the bucket i mean shout out to that guy he looked really good and leach had it dialed up i wouldn't want to play mississippi state mississippi state a- scored 41 it was seven to three with eight minutes left in the second quarter lsu was winning mm-hmm. so Mississippi State in 38 minutes dropped 41 points. It's pretty good. Love to been a fly on the wall for those adjustments. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, also, I think I saw something that basically, I think it might have been. The, I think it was the defensive side of the ball. There were three. There were as many players that had played FCS last year as played in the national championship game on defense wow. for LSU. Yeah, I saw LSU. I think returned five total starters. Period. Yeah. So like this is like a it's a literally a whole new team like yeah. it I, I'll speak big picture here it's super frustrating how often people ascribe like continuity to teams when they shouldn't um, like they treat them like they treat them sort of like NFL franchises in that oh yeah they were really good like like they don't it's it's weirdly cropped up again of people not being like oh people leave college like. Oh, as you're saying. Often, yeah, so you're saying so, LSU yeah. got the benefit of the continuity yeah. doubt when they absolutely shouldn't have. Right. It's, it's a whole yeah. – it's literally like on their 22 – yeah. if you have on your starting 22 17 new people, it doesn't – it only matters a little bit that you won the national title last year. Right. You, no, you so Most of those guys were standing there for it. But it gets given to teams when it's not actually yeah. true, true about them. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, I got you. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I pointed that out on the podcast last week. They were still getting one first place vote. You know, some hardo AP voter is yeah. like, oh, I always, in week one, give the They're the king I lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like, it's ridiculous. But 
anyhow, got that loss out of the way early. I'm sure they'll make some adjustments. I'm sure they'll get better as the season goes. But uh, I think it's going to be a tough year for them. I mean, they're probably better than Arkansas and Missouri and Kentucky and, you know, Vanderbilt. There's there's teams that are definitely better than. I don't know all who they play, but they go, they go to Vanderbilt next week and then they got Missouri at home before they go to Gainesville. So they got some time to figure it out. I can get some stuff lined up then. But, yeah, I mean, they, I don't just – this team to me is is your, you know, what in a 10-game season, it, it should be maybe a game better than 500, maybe maybe not. Who knows? I don't know if you can be a game better than 500 in a 10-game season. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see how the math goes on that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean – the game it was a fun game though you know nice to nice to hear the, the SEC music and and see the sights and everything else but um, yeah definitely not your your typical you know SEC kickoff type game that's just like very hard fought I mean this was hard fought for the first quarter and then you know it really opened up a lot does yeah. this make you guys believe in the Mike Leach experience uh, as a good fit or is this just First game of the season, we're gonna need we need more time. I mean, obviously, I think we need more time, but you know, in general, how are you feeling about Mike Leach? Because I'll admit, I was not like super pro it as a long term SEC fit. I'm cautiously optimistic, <laughs> but <clears throat> I do wonder how much of it is a like we talked about LSU being a unique experience because of all the roster. Uh, turmoil they've had um, B it just being a new thing in the SEC in general um, because I kind of keep going back to like in in my head they did not do well in Apple Cups when they played a good solid defensive program right. in Washington Washington seemed to have that thing pretty well figured out and solved and for whatever reason, the rest of the conference just couldn't or didn't have the ability to. And I feel like if Washington, I don't want to get like conferenceist in in the way I, I approach this, but I feel like if Washington can figure it out and put the clamps on it, then there should be a good half dozen schools in the SEC that are capable of doing it as well. Well, and, and SEC defenses are so also. It's not like they never see like shotgun offense. I mean, like in right. in the grand scheme of things, like this, what Mississippi State does is schemey in the way that that like Army or one of those schools runs like a triple option. Like they're you know they do a few things, simple things, pretty well. Like I said, if you can sort of unlock it and figure it out, you can uh, sort of sniff it out. Because like I don't think there's any like I don't think Washington's defensive personnel is man for man any better than Stanford's or USC's or, you know, these schools that Washington state would play every year or Oregon's. Um, but certainly they had better success against those schools in Washington. It's like, what was that all about? So who knows? Yeah. Uh, did, going uh, going asked, back to LSU getting a first place vote in the, well, before we went from that offense, uh, they asked, uh, I, I believe I saw, they asked how mummy about it after the game. And they were like, are you surprised it worked in the SEC? And he gave, like, the most flawless, like, cantankerous old man answer. He was like, no, I'm not surprised. Like, I've been telling people he's the best coach in the country for years. He's like, we invented the damn thing in Kentucky. Why didn't it work in the SEC now? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, they super angry about it. It was great. Love how mummy. Go ahead, Jordan. 
Yeah, so going back to uh, our one first place for LSU voter, uh, it appears to be Dylan Sin from the Journal Gazette in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He is an IU grad. Okay. And originally covered Maryland. And he looks like uh, he's younger than the three of us. So. Oh, good for Dylan. Maybe just making a name for himself. I'd get know? some shine. Hey, you never, never, uh, never hit a guy. Clicks. Generate some clicks. Uh, that was the last game I had on the list to discuss of the non-pick games. I do see Georgia had a weird first half, I think, in their game. Yeah, they were down seven to five at halftime in their game. Um, they have a strange quarterback situation. It was seven to two at one point. That looked beautiful. Was, on the ticker. Felipe Franks is out here doing the damn thing. And then the wheels really came off in the second half for Arkansas. They gave up 22 points in the uh, third quarter, which put the game out of reach pretty much. Any, co- any coach will tell you. That's not a okay, – Coach will tell you. You don't want to give up more than 20 in a quarter. Um, and, yeah, looking at the list here, I don't think there's any others worth mentioning uh, other than the pickers. So, Jordan, how did we – how did we do this week? Oh, glad you asked, Logan. Oh, Great good. week good. for the boys all the, yes. all the way around. Uh, we did have another push, so that's two weeks in a row with a push on the card. I need to maybe peruse the archives, see what the longest consecutive streak we've experienced with a push is. Uh, yeah. Several people have, have asked for that content. Um, but uh, Jason, you and Logan went 3-1-1, one, and, one, and I went 4-0-1, oh, so we are... Wow. We are back, back on the heater uh, overall through two weeks. Uh, Logan, you're 4-4-2, four, four, and two, and Jason, you and I are 5-3-2. and two, So, uh, yeah. Side note, uh, listener Colin claims that he went 3-1-1 one, one last week, so uh, he is tracking his progress, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk shit accordingly. So. Colin, if you could uh, submit your picks weekly to our email address for integrity so you're not just claiming a 3-1-1 one, one every week, make it a little more believable, I, that would be appreciated. Thank you yeah. kindly. <laughs> Desert and all that, so you probably got a Vegas plug that you're right. talking to. You know, come on, yeah. show some. Have Hit some the respect. DMs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so three one and one. Good for you, Jordan. Four zero and one. So, yeah. what game push? That was Houston. No, not Houston Baylor. That was last week. Uh, Pitt oh, Louisville. Yeah. Pitt was a three point favorite, and they won by three. It's like Vegas yeah. knows what they're doing. Vegas right. always knows. All right, so the first game up was Kentucky-Auburn. I watched the chopped-up version of this today. Not Now, this 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 game was a SEC kickoff game here, a nice kind of gross uh, first half of football. A lot of uh, line talent and good defensive talent, some sort of questionable quarterback play, and some dubious uh, <laughs> coaches' decisions out of the Kentucky coaching staff. Um yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to make of Kentucky. I think they they had a fake punt situation on like their own fifteen that blew up in their face, <clears throat> and I believe they also had a pick six called back on a targeting, like a crackback targeting block, uh, which was, I mean, I don't know, that could have, I guess, busted the game open. But the, I, I think the grand sum of that was this game was maybe a little bit closer than the final score suggests, but uh, not. A whole lot of um, 
confidence in Kentucky's offensive capabilities. Terry Wilson looked a little overmatched in this game from what I could gather. Uh, the only real takeaway I have from this one was uh, the wide receiver from Auburn, whose name uh, is escaping me, had two Co- touchdown Co- catches. Cavazier Co- Smoke? No. Uh, Seth Williams. That's the, that's the running back from Kentucky. My bad. Yeah. Will, the Williams kid who had two Seth touchdown Williams. catches, and the second one was absolutely disrespectful in a beautiful way. Oh, my goodness. They just showed it. Yeah, beautiful mossing, and then like mushed the defender's face out of the corner of the end zone. He threw him. He just yeah. He talks big after all of his catches too. Which Uh, the first one was not anything to sneer at either. Let's be clear, Logan. I would call that big mess. I have no problems with it. Oh, speaking of which, side note. Um, I know we we talk about uh, our guy back to the Gators for two seconds. Kadarius Tony. Looks like a wide receiver. It's amazing. It's taken four years. He actually's running routes. It looks like he's learned the route tree. They hit him in the end zone for like a little, like on like a little post. They look beautiful. Um, they're still getting him on a couple gadgets. Like I just want to say, shout out to that guy. Shout out to the coaching staff for sticking with that guy. I know he's been like, he's been, uh, he's had some, I don't know, issues. He's not been a project. Yeah, he's been a project, and he's like, you know, everybody clamors for him to play more. And I think it appears that he's like, you know, he's, he's, it's clicked for him. He's put in the work and he's actually getting to play. Um, and he was a huge part of <clears throat> their offensive success yesterday. But uh, yeah, anyhow, another guy that gets up and talks big, like tremendous. Love like you just, see, you just see nothing but like just teeth going as soon as he's up. <laughs> and he's small too. And he's looking up at guys, just giving it to him, giving him the business, which is, you know, I'm into that. So shout out. All right, let's move on. FSU at Miami. Speaking of Miami, Logan, we'd like to congratulate you as a longtime Heat fan uh, for for the Heat going to the NBA Finals. Jason, my colleague, has just notified me of this result. Shout out to the Heat. The Heatles. We've got got Lakers Heat in the Finals. Very excited for that. Um, But, yeah, I I watched maybe the first quarter of FSU Miami. It was very clear how things were going to go. Yes. FSU ran an extremely ill-advised and even worse executed gadget play while I was still watching um, in which I think it was like a a double reverse where the guy was supposed to throw the pass got wrapped up and as he was spinning to the ground just I guess tried to throw it away and it threw it right to a Miami defender hit him in the chest Um, and that was like there were multiple of that type of play on Saturday too. Yeah. Like Brock, I think Iowa state was involved in one of those like guys yeah. getting spun around, just trying to throw it away. <laughs> and for whatever reason, the roulette wheel ran landed on a defender straight in the chest. And that's where the ball went. Uh, the Iowa's the other one that you were talking about. The, the defender was like three yards past the play. Like he had given up on the play. He was done with it. Right. And then all of a sudden the ball was coming at him. And he was oh, like, right. Oh, I have to wake back up. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say, like, running plays like that, if that's part of your offense, like, you know, we, we talk about Boise State. They like to do some gadgety stuff. You got, like, teams like that. I know, like, UCF does a really good job with, like, all their speed that they have of doing some stuff like that. But sometimes it reeks of, especially the way Florida State did it, where they make it super obvious. They put their backup quarterback, who's a running threat, Jordan Travis, on the field, and they bring him in motion, and they do these little things. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so he's the one who ends up with the ball, and then 
just, you know, that was dumb. He shouldn't have done that. I'm sure he knows he shouldn't have done that. But, uh, you know, that was a microcosm for how the game went. It snowballed on Florida State pretty bad. Uh, rivalry game two, Miami um, did not let off the gas in this game either. Really put it to the Knolls. Florida State looks – they look bad. They just – they look poorly coached. They look um, less talented than – you know, used to be – You, I would kind of try to give them the benefit of the doubt just based on roster talent. But it's hard to see it at this point, you know. Yeah. Big, big, big Marvin Wilson, their you know prize defensive tackle is really good, but he gets run out of the game on a targeting situation, cleaning up a play, which you know that's fifty-fifty. I guess it could go either way depending on how things go, but you know they still seem like they're doing the kind of undisciplined, poorly coached thing, and I think they're running out of like oh, but they're also but they're really talented, so they'll probably get it together. Like I don't know how much longer you can say that about Florida State. Are they own two or own three? Oh, and two, I think. Okay. They, yeah, they feel like a prime candidate to be one of those teams we talked about who might just mail it in pretty early yeah. and and not be as responsible in terms of uh, distancing yeah. and other protocols. Um, I will yeah. be interested to see how many games they play this year. That's what I'll say. Just float float that out. Like, there. yeah, they're they're the, the prime candidate for the like uh showing you want to play and saying you want to play are different things. <laughs> Florida State might not show that they want to play very much. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, these guys are also like big boys that like playing football and you would think that they would want to play, but right. Like coach, I just think that Coach Norvell's got a, he's got a tough row to hoe, if you if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. At Folks this point. Show. You're gonna need a lot of buy-in. It's hard to probably generate that kind of buy-in when you come out of the gates the way that they have. Uh, they when you can't really beat around the team anymore. Right, right. Well, and you know, I mean, I didn't think these this team played very hard for Willie Taggart once things kind of started to go a little bit south there. Mm-hmm. So I also think that you know that's a culture that's a culture problem too. And you know, you still have a lot of the similar faces around there. So uh, yeah. we'll see. I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He's been on the job during the weirdest year of all time. Uh, for you know a handful of months, um, but uh, they certainly don't look like they're headed in the right direction, at least right now. But maybe you got to strip it down before you can build it back up. So we'll they'll have a chance. They host. Uh, do you know who they play tomorrow next week? I do not. They host Jacksonville State. Hmm. Oh, a classic who, matchup. Who is, to be fair, usually a pretty decent FCS team. Um, and Jacksonville State will be playing its first game of the fall. One of only four games in the fall for them. Oh, so they've had all summer and half yeah. a fall to prep for the Knolls. Game plan delicious. So <laughs> interesting because after that, they go to Notre Dame and then they host UNC and then they go to Louisville and then they host Pitt. L's all the way around. And then they go to NC State and then they host Clemson and then they host Virginia and then they go to Duke. Oh, they'll beat NC State. Yeah. What I saw out of NC State last night was not encouraging yeah they don't nc state doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of juice but... do we think nc state is more talented than florida state uh, uh no no no, no. i don't can't think be right i don't no. know i need to check the recruiting rankings but, like, but elliot to give me the blue chip it's report. all yeah. the like the recruiting and blue chip report stuff is grading on a curve like this this could be one of the least talented florida state teams i've seen in a while but that just means that they're not like a top five talent level team. You know what I'm saying? Like they're probably a top 20 level 
talent team and they might just be missing some pieces at quarterback and they can't, you know, they clearly have offensive line issues, but that's, those are big problems to have too. I'm not writing them off. So. As a Virginia football fan, I can confirm that <laughs> right, those are big problems. To have. Uh, most coaches will tell you, but anyhow, all right. Louisville was at Pitt. Uh, we already mentioned Pitt. Uh, there's a push in this game. Pitt won by three. Um, maybe maybe Louisville isn't like awesome, which is fine. Uh, Pitt same. Maybe they're maybe they're fine as well. I didn't watch any of this. I didn't watch any highlights, so I don't have anything to add here. Um, so I, as I, I remember it, uh, I think Pitt went up like thirteen nothing early on. Louisville maybe scored seventeen unanswered, and then Pitt came back, recaptured the lead, and I like I turned it on after I got in from the golf tournament, right when Louisville was making their last drive and. <laughs> Unfortunately, I believe his name is Malik Cunningham. Louisville's quarterback got got bounced on the turf on a fourth down pass that got picked off with about a minute left, and so he, they had to like bodyboard him, take him to the hospital, and everything. But apparently, he's doing doing pretty good. Um, yeah. How do we feel about the pit alternate uniforms that they rolled out? I need to see these. Let me let me check. I personally did not love them. Oh, that kind of gray, grayish, whatever. Yeah, it was like gray, black, sparkly gray, silver helmets. They look like UCF's alternate, like the space UCF alternates. That is. Um, I don't, I don't love them because I think Pitt has a very unique and cool thing they can always do with yes. wearing the blue and the yellow. Um, even if they wear the yellow, I think that looks fine too. So, yeah. Um, now, Pitt should never go back to that old gold helmet they had with like the really small paint. The Larry on the Fitzgerald. Side. Yes, era. those were terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those were bad. But otherwise, um, I mean, they they look fine. I just I feel like I'm down on them because I know Pitt can do better. I would agree. I think Spencer Hall made the point that the helmets have a Ranger bass boat finish, which is always a plus, and I, <laughs> I do agree with that. But it's called pearl, Jordan. They got a lot of pearl in there. <laughs> I got deep into the into the paint game this summer, so you know. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, uh, we'll move on from that one to Cincinnati, where Army and Cincinnati played. This one was actually kind of fun. I watched this game this morning. Uh, Cincinnati wins the game by fourteen. Did they cover? Yeah, line was thirteen and a half. Okay, I was sitting there thinking on the couch. I was like. I think the line was 14 and a half. Like I was like, you cannot be serious, but uh, <laughs> army actually blocked the, they block a punt like right off the bat or there was a, no, oh, no, they, was, Cincinnati right ran the this stupid, like yeah, it was a read option. option. Yeah. Yes. Terrible flip by the quarterback. Uh, army ran it back for a touchdown and right. their offense only scored three more points the rest of the game. Yeah. So, not great. Not great for for that. Um, that offense usually like will wear you down enough to at least score some points. But yeah. it seemed like they were kind of running around trying to throw it a little bit more too. Maybe that was because Cincinnati was putting it on them a little bit, um, stretching it out. But yeah, I mean, Cincinnati looks actually Cincinnati looked pretty good. I mean that that play sucked. I mean the corner made a great read and like Jason, did you see it? The it was like a speed option from the shotgun. They ran it left and the corner who. 
probably ostensibly had the pitch man or yeah, had the um had the running back like just read the pitch and like Shot intercepted basically intercepted the pitch as it was in the air. Um dangerous play because if you don't make that contact or you run overrun the play, then there's zero contain. And maybe Cincinnati goes 75 yards for a touchdown the other way. But at the same time, shout out to him. He read the play, knew, I guess, knew it was coming. Um, and the ball bounced perfectly right to it, too. I mean, he did a great job of fielding that. But he, like, knocked it down and, like, on the hop, the ball just, like, just is back in his hands while he's running. So, um, but that was cool. Cincinnati looks fine. Yeah. Luke Fick will still get a job here in two or three years. Iowa State will come up and, yeah. Or the Colts. You never know. <laughs> Same idea. And then the last game, which just had a delightful Will Muschamp like finisher on it, was Tennessee at South Carolina. Uh, how did we fare in this game, Jordan? Tennessee won by three, I think, or four? Tennessee won by four because of the delightful right. Will Muschamp floater. Yeah. Uh, right. The spread was three and a half. We all covered. The consensus went uh, two and zero oh this week, boys. Woo. So we were solidly back. Yeah, so this was a typical Tennessee-South Carolina game. Uh, not a whole lot of, uh, like, super top-notch football all around. Had some, had some, you know, things happen. But basically, we get down to four minutes left, I think. Cincinnati has – I mean, Cincinnati. Geez. South Carolina has the ball. They are in field goal range. They are down by seven points. And they decide to kick a field goal on fourth and 12 instead of going for it. So you kick a field goal to put yourself down four. So yeah. you still have to score another. This is the this is the you have uh, to score a touchdown. This is the exact thing that freaking Pitts coach did last year from the one yard line, mm-hmm. which is which is why it is the most even more cowardly thing I've ever seen. And they missed the field goal. They deserve to miss the field goal from the one yard line. Also, <laughs> unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I mean, it that's just a very like Will Muschamp decision. And then the way that. South Carolina lost the game. I don't know if you saw, but uh, actually, they got the punt, stop, right? got the stop that they needed. Tennessee is punting. There's like a minute forty left. Punt hits the ground, and there's a South Carolina guy blocking one of the gunners, and it just the ball just rolls up on the back of his ankle and hits him, and the Tennessee guy pounces on it. Like the South Carolina punt returner, I thought was going to rip the dude's like. He was so mad. Like just they showed that highlight on whatever the kind of like wrap up summary show is on ESPNU that I was watching this morning. Yeah. And uh whoever whoever's on the panel, I think Jesse Palmer and two other guys are on the panel. One yes. of the guys says, You gotta be yelling Peter, 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 right? And and Jesse's like, Yeah, yeah, like even the even whatever his name is, insert name here, knows. And the third panelist goes, yeah, that's the only thing he knows. And they all had a good hearty chuckle. Uh, so great, great panel camaraderie moment. But just just like popping up with like excitedly saying, he's got to yell Peter. That that brought a sparkle to my eye. Yeah, I remember some uh, I remember some freshman football nuggets involving the Peter, Peter, Peter thing. <laughs> I can't believe some- that. You know, there was some high level thinkers on that coaching staff that would you know right. say some questions. Dialed in to, to the minds of freshman high school boys, right? Which you know, really, the only thing that they they didn't like was Peters back in back in that day. So, anyhow, good times um, there. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I you don't want to necessarily make fun of the guy. I mean, it, it, that's bad luck. Uh, yeah, 
And if South Carolina somehow scores a touchdown, you know, the quick strike South Carolina offense somehow scores a touchdown in the, you know, last minute and 10 seconds, then I guess they win and don't have to worry about it. But it just seemed like, like, what are you doing? Like, you you get really nothing for freaking, I mean, are you just trying to get close? You're not even doing it for Vegas purposes, you know? Yeah. My theory is that a, a super booster of the Gamecocks, as I sort of am to the Dukes here in Harrisburg, right. Obviously. Maybe maybe bought or sold a point on the spread, so he was needing to cover four and a half while okay. we got it at three and a half. And, like, you and tell we Will that kicker in. Yeah. yeah. Well. Allegedly. Regardless. Allegedly. Tough, tough, tough to see it happen, but this these things tend to happen to Will Muschamp coach team, so I'm, I'm inclined to believe that it's his fault. And not, Who, uh, uh, who's playing quarterback for South Carolina right now? I think his name is Colin Hill. He remember he looks like a cross between. Uh, oh, that's right, hair straightened guy. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's Hilly got Ray long. Cyrus. He came with Bobo from Colorado State. He's Hilly Ray Cyrus. Okay, now I'm tracking. <laughs> there he is. I think, um, but I do think that guy Ryan Helinski is still on the team. He's the backup quarterback. Evidently, they were like neck and neck in the quarterback competition this off season, and hmm. you know. Well, Muschamp had to give a big emotional press conference about how just how much he appreciates both of those boys pouring their soul out sure. for the team, and like they just had to make a decision and yada yada. So, um, but I mean, these I'm pretty sure all South Carolina quarterbacks for as long as I can remember are indistinguishable, except for that Garcia guy, Stephen Garcia. He was he was my road dog. One of one. <laughs> uh, Stephen Garcia also definitely is like a golf pro at like some low rent. The uh, you know outside of Charleston. The Shenvilly. The Shen whatever the Shenvilly of, of Charleston is. South Carolina great Steven Garcia. <laughs> Steve Spurrier, like the guy who literally forced Steve Spurrier to retire because he was like such an absolute pain. Spurrier's got some great Steven Garcia stories. He really does. And I I want I want nothing more than to be able to like share a bottle of whatever adult beverage Steve Spurrier wants and just have him tell Steven Garcia stories. I, th- I feel like Spurrier is a banquet beer guy. Like I think he's like, a, let's rent the pontoon boat and go cruise the river and do- drink uh, either Michelobes or, or just banquet beers. I, yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I'm and into that as well. Spending as much time as he does on the golf course, like that's kind of what he probably gravitates to, that's just true. so he can like get through a round. Right. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Uh, but yeah, fun week. I mean, I thought this was actually a very fun week. Not your typical like week one, uh, obviously, because it was September 26th when it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we got right to the action. Conference games all around. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to us. It's true. Any final final parting thoughts, boys? No. I, I think no. I'm good. Jason? All, all set. Chatty Jason, you got any, anything else? No, I feel like I've talked way too much this episode. So yeah. you're getting sleepy over there. Your beard looks good, though. Thanks. It's a little, it's a little patchy, but it's, uh, you know, every every time I cut it down, it comes back a little thicker. You know, <laughs> you know that's exactly. it's like the lawn. I'm only thirty-one years old, still working on this thing. Let's do it. You and me both, man. It's I, good to have it. lifelong quests. Yeah, exactly. Actually, the one that uh, the one that I grew like right at the start of quarantine, where I went like start of March to middle of May without shaving. That one made me like, oh, okay, I can actually do this. It got a little homeless towards the end, but it actually looked yeah. decent. It was, it was kind of Letterman-ish. Yeah. 
ish in terms of just the the contrast. Yep. It uh, I'm I'm playing with a, a high margin of error right now, but it was <laughs> it was just nice to know I could do it if I put my mind to it. Yeah. To know you have that club in the bag is exactly. good. Exactly. Exactly. That is nice. Um, yeah, I need to I need to run it back. We're getting close to November, right? That'll be coming up soon. Yeah, always, always uh, get it uh, get it going. I, I get a uh, you know 2010 Kevin Love is kind of where I settle once my beard grows in <laughs> nicely. Which is it? Not you know you could look worse. So yeah, fine. But, but I, uh, I mean, like I want to shoot for 2020 Kevin Love because well, you know. Make it- getting paid making that making that money yeah making that money dating a model like think things could be going worse for our, our sweet boy yeah this is true all right well it's been beard breakdown final final bit of the pod here thanks for joining us though it's lovely to be back with you guys on these recap episodes i feel like we're really really hitting our stride again here uh especially gambling wise i mean geez great week yeah. I, mean, I haven't had a great week in like a year and a half so I mean, you guys- never get up from a heater <laughs> <laughs> a good week out of two. We're hitting 500 so far. I'll take that. You're right. All right. This is the Wheel Route. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your picks, Colin. TheWheelRoute.com is the website. You can actually see the picks that we make on a week-to-week basis on the website, too. We haven't mentioned that in a while. There is a tab on the website called Picks. Just click it. Click it and just scroll around. See what we got. Uh, it is live, and it's up there. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.